Valerie's my mother's name. Rush is for white suburban boys. Anybody remember cassettes? My tumor was the Beyonce of uterine fibroids. This is the soundtrack series. The soundtrack series. Hey everybody, this is the Soundtrack Series. Stories about songs, the soundtrack to our lives, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Dana Rossi. Hello! Oh, you know what? I want to start off right away by saying the last episode, there's something a little crazy about it. I, I, I just wanted to talk to you guys about it really quickly because if you were a new listener, if you were just listening to this, just the first time you were jumping on board, maybe you didn't know that this was something that was a little odd. But I'm sure you thought I was a chipmunk on cocaine just a little bit. And if you're a regular listener, then you probably noticed. But what happened was, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you how the sausage is made because we've got it. We're in a relationship, you and me. We got to be open. okay? so the way I had been recording the podcast and then exporting it was I don't even know at what bit rate sampling size. What I was just doing it, whatever the defaults were on both the, the recorder that I use and in the editing software that I use. So that was just how it was. But American Public Media has, you know, a certain bit rate and, and sampling format that they want me to export in. And so I did it that way. But then I didn't. And it was new. It was different from what I had been doing. And then I didn't check it. So because I didn't check it, that came out sounding crazy. Oh, wow. I did. I sounded like a chipmunk on cocaine. And the best part of that is I usually sound like a chipmunk on cocaine. Well, a chipmunk that's been smoking a few years and my voice is a little bit lower than that. But I do know I talk fast. I know this about myself. I actually one time got a chance to see, not hear, see how fast I talk. Because last year when we were in Austin doing shows at the Long Center, one of the shows that we did, I brought along Cambry Cruise to be a part of those shows. She is, she's a friend of mine. She she lives here in New York now, but she is from Texas and she wrote the memoir, Burn Down the Ground, which was about, you know, her growing up, but specifically to two deaf parents where, she, you know, she can hear. And because of that, and because a lot of her audience is deaf and she does a lot with the deaf community and ASL, we had an ASL interpreter sign the entire show because a lot of people who were coming to see those shows and coming to see her would benefit from that. I thought this was awesome. But what was so crazy about it is I would be on stage and I'm facing front, but the interpreter was downstage. So the stage was just this platform and then she was just on the floor and off to the right. And I would be talking or telling a story or doing whatever it is I do. And I would occasionally just glance over at her and she was working out. This was a workout. This was Janet Jackson hand motions during Rhythm Nation, but at their Rhythm Nationiest. Crazy. She looked like a hummingbird. I don't know that I could even see hands, just blurs. And I thought, I talk fast. And, and I have the opportunity to see how fast I talk. Because I know I do. I know I'm a Northeasterner. My parents are from New York. I now live in New York. Yes, I talk fast. But then to be able to see it, wowza. And then last week, to have that already coked up smoking chipmunk sped up. Wow, you guys. You are welcome, America. So, and you only really got to hear it for about a day before we, the beautiful people at American Public Media, went in and fixed that. But I, I guess let's, in hindsight, call it a gift from me to you. So maybe now, if you're a new listener, this is startling to you because this is my voice. My voice is lower than, than that. But this is how it really is. This is what I really sound like. So welcome. Hello. 
Gosh, what should we cover this week? Actually, I wanted to tell you guys, I was pretty proud of this and um, my my nail polish color right now. We're covering all the important topics, people. But I this is the first time, I paint my nails a lot, but this is the first time I've done the party nail, I guess they call it, where you've got a solid color on four of your five fingers, but then probably on your ring finger, you do something else or there's a design or you do sparkles. So what I did, I wanted the effect of a gold tooth, but on my hands. So I did like a tealish green on my thumb, forefinger, middle finger, and pinky. And then on my ring finger, gold sparkle. So why I'm telling you this is because I have to tell you guys, my hand looks like old dirty bastard's mouth. Craziness. Because I'm all, yeah, gold tooth, but I'm also pretty sure the rest of his teeth were green. That's what I'm going to do from now on, actually. I'm going to model my hands after people's mouths. And why not? I have time. So let's see. What else? What else should we go over? Well, of course, there's this. Have you guys in between Ebola posts on Facebook? I don't even know where to start with that. So we're not going to start at all. But between posts about Ebola, have any of you seen among your Facebook feeds and you know on your wall or whatever people posting within the last week this piece from Consequence of Sound and the headline is Smart people listen to Radiohead and dumb people listen to Beyonce according to study. Oh, yeah, I clicked on that. Mostly because something in that headline jumped out at me and I wanted to confirm it in the article on the whole. And I think I did. Now, here is what was interesting to me. People who were posting this on Facebook and among my friends, maybe it was just two or three. But this wasn't anything near like the kid that went to the dentist or the baby that was dancing to single ladies put a ring on it. But what was interesting to me is that the two or three people who did post it on Facebook, what jumped out most to them, so what they chose to comment on along with posting this article was, well, I listen to this band, so I guess that makes me smart, or I don't listen to this, and I guess I'm, I'm in the clear, or something like that. So making it about themselves and what they listen to, and according to this, did that make them smart or dumb? That's not what jumped out at me, personally. I'd like to talk with you a little bit about what did jump out at me. So here it is. And if you want to go right now, I don't know where you are, but if you want to go to Consequence of Sound and look this up so we can follow along and do this together, I would highly encourage that. So there's this article, right? Smart people listen to Radiohead and dumb people listen to Beyonce according to study. And it's how does a person's intelligence relate to the kind of music that they listen to? Now, this study, I just start out right now by saying that this study wasn't conducted by like the University of Southern California. Okay, this was like a, a guy some software engineer or whatever named Virgil, who was like, I just feel like doing this. So basically what he did is he took, you know, so students attending the California Institute of Technology, they have an average SAT score of 1520. This is according to this article. And so then by looking at Facebook, he was able to determine the most popular or the like well, who got the most likes for students at Caltech. And from there, he concluded that Radiohead was music for smart people. Again, not a study done by an institute or a university. It's a guy. But still, let's go through this. The chart on the whole revealed that Sufjan Stevens, Bob Dylan, The Shins, and Counting Crows as bands that smart people liked, where Lil Wayne, Beyonce, The Used, and gospel music as a genre was music for, as he put it, dumb people. Did the thing that jumped out at me just jump out at you too? I think it did, but let's confirm it 
for all of us. If you're following along with me, let's refer to the full chart that's at the bottom of the article where you see across the top numbers of SAT scores ranging from an 876 to a 1436. And then underneath that, you see all the bubbles that have names of bands or genres and where they fall on the smarty dum-dum spectrum. If I look at very smart, so over way toward 1436, the only artist listed, as you can see too, is Beethoven. So let's not even take that into consideration at all. Let's only look at, but let's still be as extreme as we possibly can. And let's look at the highest end that we can look at, not counting the Beethoven end, and the lowest end to see if we come to the conclusion that I think we're going to come to. So if we look at, let's just say, from mm, 1236-ish to 1316, what are the bands that people who score that on their SATs like the most? Okay, Sufjan Stevens, Bob Dylan-ish, Counting Crows, U2, Radiohead, Guster, Ben Folds, Sort of the Shins, like a little bit, and Nora Jones. Okay, now let's look at the very lowest end of the spectrum. So the lowest scores on the top, 876 to, let's go to about just 956. So we're just doing, again, a very tiny swath. Lil Wayne, the genres of gospel and hip-hop. Soka, so not even just being, not even artists, we're just saying these entire genres. Beyonce, T.I., reggaeton, the used, jazz, pop, oldies, Jay-Z. Oh my God, that's what stuck out to me the most. Was that something that this study is pretty much implying? Smart people listen to white music and dumb people listen to black music. And that is such bullshit. I don't know which of it to touch first to give me Ebola. I don't. And again, like I said, I know this isn't a scientific study. I know it's just something that a guy is telling us. But still, it just gets under my skin. Especially if, if you look also on our little charts, you see that it makes a like a cyclone kind of shape. Like it looks like a tornado of sound. That's what it is. Going down so the widest at the top and then going down to the bottom where, you know, a lot more artists and, and genres are falling in the middle. And if we say that the middle still will lean right or left in some way, will still lean smart side, dumb side, there are way more white artists that will lean dumb as opposed to black artists that will lean smart. There's a lot of white artists that are still on the not smart side, but as far as black artists leaning smart, three, Outkast, Jimi Hendrix, and Bob Marley. That's it. You've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. What is this? And I'm sorry, but why would someone look at this and that not be the first thing that jumps out at them? As opposed to, I guess I'm smart or I guess I'm not smart. And like the article didn't even mention it. This quote unquote study is saying some pretty fucked up things. And yeah, I get that, well, if I, you know, when I looked at the lower scores part of the chart, that, yeah, the used is in there. And yeah, that the used is a, yeah, it's a white band, a band where it's like when they were asked what their influences are, they're like, well, you know, Evanescence and the band that Jack Black was kicked out of in School of Rock, fine. But that's one white artist in the absolute lowest end of the spectrum, as opposed to no black artists in the absolute highest end of the spectrum. So fucked up. And I don't know why I let it get under my skin like I did. It's like giving credence to the crazy person that a friend of mine once passed in a park in Philly who was going, I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, but my pussy is hot. Not everything just a guy or anybody says should be given weight or seriousness, and that should include this. But it still bothered me. 
And I know that it shouldn't because I know that in my experience, if I think about the kids I knew in high school that scored higher than me on the SATs, that were higher than me in rank as far as who finished, valedictorian, salutatorian, whatever else, I was 35th. Let's not worry about it right now. But everybody that was higher than me, they were all listening to They Might Be Giants and Jazz. So not for anything, but go piss up a rope, Virgil. Our story for this episode comes to us from actor, writer, most notably, shock jock from the Dudley and Bob show on KLBJ in Austin. This is Dale Dudley and his story about breaking free from a religious upbringing, his brother, the tattoo you'd never guess he has, and bring him home from Les Mis. This is a, how, how does a shock jock, how's this my song that affected my life? It not only affects my life, it affects my life in a physical way every, every day, every single day. And I'll get to that eventually, but first I must start with a Bible verse. Trust me, I'll try to work it around to, to, to the crux of the story. This is from Ephesians 5.19. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. And thus, the Church of Christ began. Church of Christ, for those of you who don't know, it's like Baptists sat around and said, God, we're too exciting. We've got to calm this shit down. No one drinks. What can we do now? No one dances. What do we do? Let's get rid of the organ. And that is the Church of Christ. My parents believed in it wholeheartedly. It was their being. We did it Monday. No, not Monday. We did it Sunday, Wednesday, and uh, two, twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. And then my parents added alcohol into the mix. I'm a child. This is not the way you bring up a kid. I am fucked beyond reason. I am scared to death. I've got older brothers and sisters who introduced me to rock and roll. The rock and roll of Barbara Streisand. The rock and roll of Ann Murray. And then if we really wanted to go balls to the wall, it was the Carpenters, ladies and gentlemen. Two older sisters and a brother. My sisters would dress me up, and I apologize if I offend anyone because I'm not trying to at all. I'm just trying to tell you where I come from, and some of the stuff is really politically incorrect. But I was trans before trans was popular. My sisters would dress me up as a little girl and take me around the neighborhood and introduce me as their baby sister. The age difference is at least uh, seven years. So we segue into, uh, we're in West Texas. We segue, we move to East Texas, and, and I'm, I'm still just a shell of a man, and I'm, I'm, I, grow, I moved to Tyler, Texas, and Tyler, Texas had one rule, no rock and roll. The radio stations, there was no rock and roll. It was more Carpenters and more Ann Murray. Streisand, well, not a lot of Streisand, but some Neil Young mixed in just for fun and flavor. And, I, this, is, and this is my upbringing. My brother's living with my grandmother. He comes back to East Texas, and my brother is Satan. And my parents have told me that my brother is being influenced by the devil. I I'd just gone through the drug course at school, and one day I smelled just like I smelled on Johnny Gowdy a few minutes ago. I smelled marijuana. 
It's Christmas Day. We're at my grandmother's house in Monahans, Texas. I, I go to my mother and I go, Mom, Mom, Dad, Donnie's, Donnie's smoking marijuana. I smell it on him. Sure enough, my mom goes back and finds it in his uh, jeans. It's a big family fight. Uh, this is before my parents became professional drinkers, which they did very soon. So my brother's in a lot of trouble. A few, a few hours later, my brother says, hey, man, no hard feelings. Let's go out. Let's drive around. I go, okay, great. I'm 12. He's 17. My big brother loves me. We drive to the Caliche Pits in Monahans, Texas, which you have to go down into the pit because it's a pit. Pits are down. We get out of the car, and my brother goes to the trunk and pulls out a 22 long rifle, and he puts it to my forehead and says, if you ever narc on me again, I'll blow your fucking head off. I was wishing I could hear Ann Murray at that moment. It's this kind of crazy upbringing that I have uh, all through my adolescence. My father is a racist, redneck, homophobe, but I didn't know it at the time, I thought, because I also was taught to be a racist, redneck, homophobe. Austin, Texas has allowed me to exercise much of that stuff. But I, I couldn't play basketball. I couldn't play football. And I gravitated toward the drama department at Robert E. Lee High School. And I thought, surely my parents would welcome me with open arms, especially when I got cast in the lead role of Birdie, a bye-bye Birdie. I was the first Jewish-looking birdie there ever was. I had an afro. So I do Bye Bye Birdie. It's the first play out of 20 that my father ever comes to. We're driving home. It's quiet. I say, Daddy, what did you think? God damn, listening to your relatives sing is like fingers on a fucking chalkboard. That was my first review. I gravitated into radio uh, in Tyler, Texas. There was a rule, the first radio station I worked at. You cannot play, you can only play one black artist an hour, and you cannot play a f two female artists back to back. This is, what I, this is the way I was raised. So that entire time, I'm, uh, I, I'm trying to find a niche. I'm trying to find anything I can do uh, professionally uh, just to get out of where I am. I did not want to run Dairy Queens like my father, where he only allowed black people to work in the kitchen and white people to work up front in 1977. But he loved Richard Pryor. It was a schizophrenic world for the Dudleys. So I, I segue in, radio, radio starts to morph, and it starts to morph in a big way, and I go to Lubbock, Texas. Uh, one night my father beats the shit out of me. He had a thing about beating you up with whatever was pissing him off. Uh, that night it was a uh, telephone, because the telephone bill to my mother was too high. They had separated at this point. I was just so happy that it hadn't been something like I, uh, I had broken the axe or something like that, but it was a telephone. I go to Lubbock, Texas, and I get a job at a rock station. Oh, my God. This is devil music. This is, this is devil music. And I'm playing Fl uh, Flight of Icarus by Iron Maiden at night. And I, uh, I hated it. I fucking hated it. So I, uh, I'm, I'm playing all this heavy metal shit that I'm not into because I like the Carpenters. Maybe some Billy Joel. I got to where I was rocking a little bit with Billy Joel for a while. <laughs> Maybe Huey Lewis. And then, I get to, and then I get to Austin, and, I'm, uh, uh, and I've got to tie the physical part into all this. I get to Austin, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm digging the music, and we're playing the rock and roll, and that's fine, and I'm hanging out, and I'm doing drugs, and I'm drinking, and I'm going to Pink Floyd, and I'm meeting the Rolling Stones. And then all of a sudden, somebody mentioned one day that this other disc jockey was coming in from another state, and his name was Howard Stern, and my job was going to be over. And I went, oh, shit, I've already stolen everything he's done. What am I going to fucking do now? So we're doing stunts. 
whatever we could do. A lot of, uh, a lot of uh, male-oriented uh, forced lesbianism. Uh, sorry, ladies. Uh, we're doing just, we would pull anything we could. You've got to remember, I had no guidance here. We're doing whatever we can to, to rock the boat. Very immature stuff. Not proud of it, but some of it still. Some people in here still remember it. And, and then one day I said, "What if we got? What if we got tattoos on the air?" I, I'm still not past that childishness because about four years ago I had a vasectomy live on the air. But I said, "Sure, let's do it." What are you going to get? I'm going to get uh, one person's, you know, a tribal tattoo. Whatever they're doing. And at the time, the same brother, who by the way I ended up loving with all my heart. He had his issues, even though he also locked me in a tuba case when I was eight. <laughs> so later on, I get this tattoo, giant regret. And people say, well, why did you get that tattoo? And here's the lie. I'm going to tell you the lie. This is totally bullshit. I tell this on the air. This is the first time you're going to hear that it's a lie. The lie is, I say, well, my brother got a brain tumor and, uh, you know, he died. And so I got the tattoo because it kind of reminds me of a struggle. It's about a guy who, you know, was in trouble and then he came up and then he was in trouble with the law and he came around again and everything was fine and, 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 and then he, you know, died. That's the lie I tell on the air. The real truth is I fucking love the show. And every day for your podcast listeners... I still have to see Cosette from Les Miserables, the logo, on my arm. Now, I also have stand-up comedians on my show often. Many of them live in New York City. I knew about six months into this tattoo that I made a big mistake when one of the uh, comedians saw it, and he said, what is that? Why, why do you have that? And I go, I, uh, you know, like the show. And he said, I've seen that on a bus every day of my life for the past decade. So the real, but that's the real story is, the real truth is, is that uh, I, I was going through a giant breakup in the middle of all that, and in the midst of all the rock and roll really being down is that my sister turned me on to this, and she was the same one that turned me, the sister that's really kind of raised me. She turned me on to the Carpenters, and she turned me on to, to all the, the soft rock stuff, which now I can actually enjoy in an extremely meadow, weird, cheesy kind of way. We do it a lot on our show, and we have a lot of fun with it. But it tied it back in. It, it reminded me that when I was in theater and escaping from these two horrible, drunk, crazy, religious zealots, and I was on stage or I was rehearsing or whatever, it reminded me that I wanted to be a Broadway star. I always wanted to be a Broadway star. And the amazing thing about the Church of Christ is, since there's no recorded music, you actually turn out to be a really good singer. So I, I still find myself at times in the shower, bursting in. Well, I'll tell you when I really, it really happened, is when they cast that freaking Australian dude as Javert. And I said, my God, I would do a better job than he would right now as Javert. But I still find myself bursting, uh, belting out songs. And, and in real honesty, whenever I hear Bring Him Home, uh, I think the original version I, I got was, was Gary Morris. It wasn't even Colin Wilkinson, who's incredible. But I still think about my, my brother's eternal struggle in his life and how it ended so uh, bittersweetly. And um, so I'm the shock jock that loves Les Mis. Thanks. Yes, Dale Dudley. I loved him. And you know what? I have to tell you guys, 
After the show, he came up to me because he showed everybody his tattoo on stage of, you know, Cosette, the, the, the Les Mis icon that everybody knows to be. Oh, that's definitely Les Mis. You know, the girl with a little hat and she's like, oh, her cheeks are sunken in and it's poverty is chic. But he shows me that and he says, but I wanted to tell you because everybody that even meets me for just the first time knows I'm a big Stevie Nicks freak. He said, I wanted to tell you people who saw this tattoo initially kept asking me why I have a tattoo of Stevie Nicks. Oh my God, it never occurred to me ever that that icon of Cosette looked like Stevie Nicks. And it so does. Guys, I'm totally getting a Cosette slash Stevie tattoo. It's so happening. And that's it. That's our episode for this go round. This has been the soundtrack series. And hey, I know how we were talking about how we had taken a break from live shows, but you know what? Coming up November 15th, we're going to be live again. We're doing another joint taping with the Bonnie and Maude Film Podcast at Videology in Brooklyn on November 15th. Stories about music in film and television, the theme being remakes and sequels. Come on out to see it. But as for this, here, this corner of the internet, you can find us on iTunes, in the American Public Media neighborhood, their section of iTunes. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and when you do check us out on iTunes, and you like what you hear, throw some stars our way. We always love hearing from you. This has been the Soundtrack Series, part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. Thanks for listening.